The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 199 of the Latter-day Lives podcast. I'm your host, Sean Rapier. Thank you so much for checking in with us again this week. We really appreciate it. We've got such a great show coming up for you. But first off, we do want to thank a new reviewer on Apple Podcasts, a CR Wright 2480. Thank you so much for your glowing review and uh, for your five stars. We really appreciate it. As you know, it really helps us to uh, get the word out there about the show with these awesome reviews. Uh, this week on the show, my guest, uh, Allie Gardner, we get to catch up with Allie. If you have not listened to the original episode with Allie, you should definitely check that out too. You don't have to in order to follow the story, but her life has taken some really cool twists and turns over the last few years. And I can't believe it was th- more than three years ago was uh, the last time we checked in with Allie. She is an amazing soul and One of the most talented singers. I mean, you should really look her up, listen to her music. She is brilliant and just doing so much to make the world a better place. And coming up this week in my Latter-day Life, welcome to the ward, President. It's all coming up. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And here today on the Latter-day Lives podcast, what a thrill it is to catch up with a guest from a few years ago. And I'm going to get this out of the way right now because everybody's going to want to go back to your episode. It was episode number 79, February 18th of 2019, an incredible singer and performer and one of the most talented guests we've ever had on the show, Allie Gardner. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me again. It's so awesome to be back. Yeah, literally, it's almost been exactly three years ago <laughs> that uh, that we talked. And, you know, this is what's funny. And we have our producer, Gene, on. And I'll speak for, for me and Gene. In three years at our age, things don't change quite so much. But at your age, things <laughs> change a lot. Like if we were to do a catching up with me over the last three years, I got older, probably less attractive. But with you, three years <laughs> made a world of difference. So before we jump into catching up on the last three years, tell us a little, just kind of a quick overview of, of who you are and, and all the things that make you so awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'm a writing, I'm a recording artist. Um, I mainly focus on doing Christian music in Spanish and in other languages. Um, I I still sing a lot of music in English as well, but my focus of late has been a lot on using music to minister to people all over the world, speaking their languages. And I'm a vocal coach and um, an entrepreneur and a wife, and I'm just a really happy Latter-day Saint. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love your positivity, and I just so love getting to know you in our first uh, our first episode. And again, I encourage you to go back and, and listen to that episode and, and get to know Allie uh, when we, we talk her whole life story, which I say whole life story, and you're still so young, but you've done <laughs> so much. And remind our audience of how... Uh, of how you learned Spanish in the first place. 
So I served a mission for the church in um, the Cancun, Mexico mission from 2014 to 2015. And on my mission, I served in the whole Yucatan Peninsula and in some areas that uh, were actually mostly Mayan speaking. So I learned a little bit of Maya and Spanish. Um, anyway, lots of lots of language learning in my life. I ended up um, taking a lot of biblical Hebrew at BYU and sign language. And I just, I love learning languages. So the language learning really started uh, as a missionary, but it has definitely not stopped. <laughs> and now I know we're going to get to this, but you are using language, the combination of your language talents and your singing talents all around the world, which is so, so cool. But catching up to where we were last time, you were about to become a bride. That was, I was. then, and you've now been married for almost three years. Yeah, almost, almost three years. When, when we did the podcast, we were both at BYU, living the student life. I was in, in BYU Noteworthy. We had just barely gotten engaged. Um, and now we are both out of school. Um, my husband works for Big D Oil out here in South Dakota, and I am just living the music life full time. Doing how was it? How was it moving out to South Dakota? It has been a really interesting change in speed, especially. That's the biggest thing I've noticed is that nobody seems to be in a hurry here, um, <laughs> and it's definitely a culture shock in a lot of ways because there's just a lot less people out here. Yeah. <laughs> Did you move out there for, for your husband's job specifically? Yeah. Yeah. And we've only been here for since the beginning of November. So it's, it's been really recent that, that we moved out. How has it been trying to integrate with a ward uh, during COVID? I think it's been a really interesting experience for me because um, when COVID began, we were still at BYU. This is this is why COVID has been such a weird time warp is because I feel like the last couple years of my life have flown by really fast and a lot of things have happened all during a global pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when COVID first began, we were in our our Orem uh, ward, our, our married ward, and, um, and it was just really weird to have everything kind of taken away so quickly. Um, and then we ended up moving to Midvale for my husband's job, Midvale in Salt Lake. And, um, I actually got called to be the young women's president, like my second week in the ward. Wow. I had, I had never really met anybody. I had never, I, I had never met anybody in the ward to be able to find counselors and to be able to try to reach out to these girls and, um, and it was a really transient area as well. So it was it was really interesting to try to um, not let my light dim hmm. while we weren't in church with each other and having to really rely on my study habits of really taking it home and not relying on the church to be my structure of my study and not waiting for somebody else to teach me, but having to be the one to go out and try to help these, these young women and help in my ward. It was a really, really, I'll be honest. It was a really difficult experience. 
I, I had a really hard time that first year of COVID, like just trying to find my bearings, so yeah. to speak. Um, I would guess boundaries were kind of tough too. Like, you know, I, I mean, I remember the early days of, of, of COVID, which seems like so long ago now, but someone would knock at your door. You weren't sure. We didn't know how it was all communicated. So we don't know if, should I even open the door? Can I, can I go visit people? Like, yeah. is that going to offend I'm new I, I, re- I remember seeing a friend of mine who was in our neighborhood and I hadn't seen him in ages and he was across the street and we looked at each other. We're like, should we cross the street? Should you stay there? Can, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was wild. really, it was really oh, wild to so try trying. to figure out how to get to know, get to know my girls and young women's and, and if we could go visit or if we had to try to do things digitally and, and everybody just has has really different like boundaries as far as whether they wanted to be around people or not. Um, so yeah, it was a really tricky thing to navigate. As I've come out here, and our it's really interesting. Our first week in um, our ward, the state boundaries actually changed. So it's been really interesting that our entire ward is new. I'm not the only one mm. in the ward that's new, and. But but really, truly, it has been so amazing to see how everybody shepherds each other out here. Like it is it is a family and and you can feel that like if you if you don't show up, someone's going to text you. Someone's going to be like, hey, I didn't see you at church or hey, I hope you're doing okay. Hey, do you want to go do this or do that? Like everybody is a family. And even though I'm a brand new member um, of this area in our, in our ward, in our stake, it's like immediately everybody is all hands on deck helping each other and, and working together. So it's been really like such a empowering experience, uh, to move out here. Um, I've loved it so far. It's, it's that been really, is so really neat. Cause that's a big change. I mean, uh, really, really exciting times. So <laughs> it was, it was a major, it was a total change. Um, in all of this last year, I I opened up a studio uh, and taught voice lessons and we did musical theater and had all sorts of different classes and a venue. And um, I built this, this family business, basically. Like everybody that came to the studio really did belong. And it was awesome. like, it was like my home. And it was really honestly very difficult to have to make the decision to close my my studio close my family basically mm. and and follow my husband's dreams but it's yeah. actually been really empowering because i feel like that's something that has really built the unity in my marriage um is that he is a hundred percent behind my dreams and i am a hundred percent behind his and so even if there are sacrifices on both sides, um, we still both get to to do the things that we really, really want to do because we're so behind each other. And that's that's been really cool to, yeah, to watch and support each other. All right. So he's there for his career, which is awesome. And now you're there and suddenly you don't have your studio. You don't have all your students and you don't have all the connections that you... You know you're very well connected in the Utah music scene and everything else. 
So what's happening with you now in South Dakota? How are you keeping your art alive? So it's been really interesting because I feel like it has been a really great opportunity to reflect on what I feel like my purpose is. Um, In Utah, I had so many opportunities all the time. I was probably the most busy human on the planet (laughs) in Utah. I was always at a recording session or always coaching someone or always doing something. and, And I was really busy. I was doing a lot of really amazing things that I'm so grateful for, but I was running very fast. And it's been really cool actually to be able to take a step back and go, okay, where does the Lord want my energy? Mm. What do I need to be doing? And I've seen the hand of the Lord and how all of this has has happened because now is a completely new chapter. Um, in December, I got to go on tour to Panama and spend a couple of weeks there singing and um, doing humanitarian projects. And, and we can talk more about all of that. But I feel like the Lord loved me enough to help me have a really good reason to close a chapter so that I could start a new one. And even mm-hmm. though it has been so heart-wrenching and so hard to, because I, I loved my students and I love them. They're like my siblings, basically, <laughs> even though it was so hard to give that up. Um, it, it has opened up my schedule entirely to be able to drop everything and go to Panama or drop That's everything and go incredible. to Mexico or, and, and be able to use my talents to serve, not just over a screen, like I've done the past couple of years, but in person. Incredible. So t- talk about that uh, tour to Panama. What kind of tour was it? So it was really, it was really interesting how it all kind of came together. And I'll have to go back in the story and and tell you about Please. how I found my manager. And, and anyway, let me just yeah. like catch you up. <laughs> give us the whole thing. That's what a let catching up you, episode is. Let me give you the whole picture. Lay so, it on us. The last time we talked, um, I was just kind of finishing up my BYU phase. I was in Noteworthy. Most of my career was focused on being hired for recordings and performing with Noteworthy. And I had just kind of barely um, started to try to find my way of where I wanted to be in the music industry. I, I could have taken a lot of different roads. I could have pursued more of a pop career. I could have pursued more of a... Anyway, there were there were lots of different ways I could have gone. Um, but it was, I just have felt this call. Um, and there's literally, I like get teary thinking about it. There's no other way to describe it, but I just feel this, this pull towards my wonderful Latin American friends. Um, I just, they have my heart and every time I would try to do something that wasn't in that direction, it was like, the door would just slam. Like, it was just like, I have all these opportunities. I could choose these other things, but none of them felt right. So I just started creating music in Spanish and started um, sharing my, my talents and singing and posting videos on YouTube. And, um, and fast forward to the pandemic. um, I, I just started feeling like 
the pandemic was a really difficult time for everyone, but especially for my friends in Latin America. A lot of them have really limited resources as it is, and being locked inside was really damaging and devastating. So I decided to do something simple. I just was going to go live every Tuesday, just do like a 20-minute live video, and I called it Martes de Motivación, which is Tuesday Motivation. And so I just started doing like little videos and singing some hymns, just really simple, nothing produced. Like I would just say, hey, what songs do you want me to sing? And I just start singing and it just ballooned. It just, I, I mean, I'd had a couple viral videos and things and, and had felt like, wow, I'm getting to a lot of people. But all of a sudden doing those weekly programs, just like, It was insane. And it got to the point where I was doing firesides or singing or doing something with my music in Latin America, sometimes multiple times a day. Wow. <laughs> And it was, I was just slammed with, with opportunities to perform and share my music and share my testimony in Spanish. And it got to the point where I could not organize everything. I was trying to be able to perform while I was trying to create, while I was trying to organize with different church leaders to, to do the firesides they asked me to do. And I just, I was fried. I couldn't do it all. Um, so I, I kind of had this moment where I had to decide, okay, am I going to have to start saying no a lot or am I going to find help? Mm. Um, so I started pursuing just looking for a manager, somebody that would help me organize everything, kind of help me run my music career, the administrative side of things so that I could focus on creating and testifying. And as I looked out into the world, um, it just seemed like my goals were not aligned with the goals of the people that I talked to. A lot of them, um, are really brilliant business people. Um, but I had a different purpose and I wasn't as concerned about building it into this big business, but more of, I feel a calling to these people. And so I need help. Um, and I got really discouraged because the longer I looked and the more I felt guided to different places, the more the doors would shut and I just would not feel like it was right. So um, one night I kneeled down and I said a prayer and just said, Heavenly Father, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm feel, I feel like these are the people I'm supposed to be with. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I really don't want to have to say no just because of not being capable of doing it all please, please send me the right manager. And it was really interesting that pretty much immediately a name came to my mind. And the name was Brian Gonzalez. And I didn't know Brian Gonzalez. He Wait, was what? a follower on my Facebook page. He had commented on some things. We'd message back and forth a couple of times because he was helping me with a translation, but we had not talked. 
more than that, I did not, I did not know Brian. Um, but I messaged him on Facebook and said, Brian, I need to talk to you about something. Um, and Brian, I'll tell you, he thought that I was just going to ask him to help with like a translation or I was going to like ask him a feed feedback about something. Um, because he had been one of my followers for a long time, just commenting on things. So I, um, he gave me his phone number from WhatsApp and I called him and, and just said, Brian, I don't know your capabilities. I don't know what you're doing with your life. I know that I don't know you. So this is going to sound crazy, <laughs> Love it. but I need a manager and I feel like you need to be my manager. And he just like dropped the phone. <laughs> can you imagine like one of your favorite artists calling and being like, Hey, so can you be my manager? Oh my gosh. No. Before. Um, so he hung up, he called his wife and was like, uh, Amor, huh. Ali just asked if I would be her manager. And she's like, well, what did you say? And he's like, I didn't answer her. Turns out Brian had lost his job at the airlines. Um, he worked for, he worked for the airlines and they were in a bad situation. He didn't have a job and he was looking for a job and they had prayed literally at the same time that I was praying. Come on. That is um, amazing. So he called me back and he said, when do I start? He said, I don't know how to be a manager. I have no music industry experience. I don't even know what a manager does. I don't know how to do this. Like you're going to have to help me know what I'm doing, but sure, I guess I'll try. Wow. And I can honestly say Brian is the perfect manager. The, he's, he's perfect. Like <laughs> I cannot find a quality in Brian that has not been perfect for this job. He he directs a show like you would never see. Like he's, he's amazing. He's amazing at interacting with leaders and preparing things and planning things and directing and keeping stressful situations, not stressful and really understanding the purpose of what I'm trying to do. And is he's my teammate. And so I just, it's just a testament that Heavenly Father knows exactly what we're doing and where we need to be and mm -hmm. exactly who we need to be with. Because um, now as I have not only been doing things online, but as I've been flying and visiting and performing, it's just been amazing to see how prepared both of us have been our whole lives for this. Wow. Like this is this is our purpose. This is what we were literally born to do. And it's just, you know, it's just amazing when you can see just how to the detail the Lord is in, in everything. Allie, that is one of the most incredible things I have ever heard. Where is Brian based out of? Panama. So he's yep, from Panama. He's, he's from Panama. Um, wow. He grew up um, in a tiny little hut on the beach um, in Puerto Amoyes, uh, raised by his grandma. Um, 
He he never really has had a relationship with either of his parents. Both of them left left him. He grew up literally with nothing. Like there were a lot of times they didn't have food, they didn't have anything. And he's found a way to educate himself. He's fluent in English. Um, it's the amazing way the Lord can take very small and simple people and do really amazing things with them is just. Allie, that is just absolutely beautiful. So here, Brian, now Brian, the big league manager, puts together a tour (laughs) of Panama. Allie, do you realize how awesomely crazy and wonderful this sounds? Like, this is such an awesome, wonderful, crazy story. So So he puts together this tour. Like, what types of venues were you playing? What's interesting is that um, as Brian started to see that we could do something more than just being online. Now that the situation has improved substantially, there's still a lot of COVID restrictions and things like that. But with the situation improving, um, Brian just just kind of reached out and um, just asked leaders all over Central America um, if this is something that maybe we'd be interested in doing is, is actually being able to minister to people and bring some light and joy and hope back into their lives because of being through such dark, hard times. The the Panama tour didn't actually happen because Brian's there. The Panama tour was like, they were the people who were ready. They were like, Mm. yeah, we're not just going to talk about this. We're going to do it. And we're going to do it in six weeks. (laughs) Whoa. Wait, Um, what? (laughs) So really, from the time we like agreed to do it until I was in the country was six weeks. Oh, Allie, that is incredible. <laughs> and were you playing at chapels? So we, yeah, we, we got the, the biggest buildings we possibly could, um, according to COVID restrictions. Um, we, we went to some of the biggest buildings in, in the different parts of the country. And, um, basically what we do in each area is we do a service project. So, um, the helping hands, um, Mm. church volunteers would come. We cleaned schools. We cleaned out, like we picked up garbage in these big street areas. We, um, anyway, we did a a bunch of service projects, uh, in all of the different areas. And then we, um, would go and do visits from, um, the, the stake leaders would, would give us names of people, um, in each of the areas that, needed help, um, or just like a little uplift and we'd go and visit them. And I can't even tell you how many miracles we saw with those. It was incredible. And then we do concerts in the evenings and, um, we arranged music so that choirs could participate and, um, had local, um, people sing with me, do duets and, and just really try to involve the entire, the entire group uh, into what wow. we were doing. And um, it was honestly like kind of one of those things where you see so many miracles that by the end of it, you are like not only spiritually exhausted, but physically just like spent. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so we did those, those activities. It was really, really amazing. What was the response of the people who uh, attended? Mostly tears. Um, it was 
it was so humbling for me to, um, because for the past couple years, I have spent endless hours thinking about and praying about and interacting on social media with. And I try to answer every message that I'm sent on social media by the people. And so I've spent countless hours and tears on these people. And to finally be able to not only just see them, see their names on a screen, but to be able to sit next to them and listen to them tell me in person about the things they've been through and to actually be able to hug them and tell them it's going to be okay and to actually finally be able to see how amazing they are. It was just unforgettable. Um, We had an experience with one of the areas that we went to. Um, There's kind of this outlying um, district that there were some people that always listened to my music that really wanted to come to the concert. Um, So she had been saving what this, this sister had been saving up um, ever since she found out I was going to come to be able to buy a bus ticket to get to the church uh, where we were going to hold the concert. And she realized that she wasn't going to be able to do it. She wasn't going to be able to get there. And the day of the concert came and um, she wasn't able to go because she didn't have the resources to get there and heartbreaking. <laughs> so she, yeah. she had to watch the concert um, from home. They streamed it to anybody who couldn't come. And that night she just cried because I was finally in the country and she wasn't going to be able to go. And so she, um, she fell asleep and she had a dream that um, in her dream, I came to her house and I sang to her and she just felt so much love Mm. and so much peace. Um, So the next morning uh, after the concert, we, the next morning we, um, we went with the state president to go out and do visits and we happened to drive out to this district None of us had any idea at all what this, what this sister had done or what she'd prayed for or what she had dreamt. But we went to go visit some people and they weren't home. The people that we were planning on going to see, they weren't there. So um, we ended up going and the stake president opened the door and this sister fell to her knees Ugh. because... I showed up at her house and to be able to be an instrument like that, Mm. there's literally nothing like it. Like, you know, a tour sounds like such a bougie experience, right? You're, you're in the spotlight and you get to sing and you get to do all these things. But honestly, I I could have gone to Panama and literally never stepped on stage and would have felt more happiness than anything because mm. to be able to be used that specifically to help one person was just miraculous. It was yeah. it was amazing. So these these are really 
just incredible people. Um, and their response was amazing. So much faith, so many, so many people that ended up coming back to church and, um, relationships formed with government officials and the church and miracles with that. Um, I got to sing for the governor of one of the areas of, of Panama and build a really good relationship and ended up having a huge miracle with, with one of the stakes now being able to build another building because of the relationship that was formed. And anyway, it just. Allie, this is amazing. I mean, this is all, this is big, big stuff going on. My goodness. So I got to ask what's next. What's, what's next on the agenda for, for the Allie Bryan team. Worldwide. We're trying. I mean, we're, um, I'm going to be in Mexico in April Mm. and we're chatting with a lot of other countries um, for planning these, these things. And, and obviously there's a lot of faith and prayer that has to go into it because of COVID and, and wanting to make sure that we're not causing more problems right, than we're right, helping sure. with. But, but wherever the Lord sends us, we have seen time and time again that this is exactly where the Lord wants us and what we're, what we're doing. And, and it's just, it's just been incredible. Allie, that is just so neat. What a beautiful experience. Holy cow. When I said three years has changed a lot, it's changed (laughs) a lot. My goodness, Allie, that is phenomenal. I love this. And you are so talented and I've gotten to hear, you know, many of your songs, but Remind our listeners, if they want to listen to your incredible voice, where, where's the best place for them to go? So if you just Google Allie Gardner, pretty much all the places will come up. Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Pretty much if you just put it in Google, everything will, will come up. Um, Allie Gardner, A-L-L-I-E-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, you know, I mean, if as much as you specialize definitely, and and we talked about this last time. You know, in your your amazing love of the people of Latin America. If there are people in the U.S. who are <laughs> interested in a fireside, or there's you know, lots of and there's lots of music yeah. in all of my platforms as well in English. Pretty much, whenever I record something in Spanish, I always record an English version as well. Um, not that I don't love my wonderful English speaking people, because I do. Of course. Um, I, I give firesides and I record music and and try to help obviously as much as I possibly can in English. I just have a little sweet spot for my sweet. Well, this fire. has been so wonderful catching up. I'm so glad you've always been one of our favorite guests and it's great to hear. And what I can't wait for is three years from now when you're talking about, <laughs> you know, world tours and everything, and we'll we'll be recording with you from who knows where. So <laughs> I just think that it's incredible that you're you're using uh, all of your talents so well and keep going. And uh, to all of our listeners, definitely, definitely go check out Allie's music because it is uh, you have been blessed with an incredible voice. And of course, she is now a wife which is different than last time and uh, ever (laughs) back to being a world touring music star, Allie Gardner. Thanks for catching up with us on Latter-day Lives. Thank you. It's been so awesome. See you in three years, if not sooner. (laughs) 
and my special thanks to Allie Gardner. Allie is so amazing. If you have not listened to her music, please go check it out. She has just one of those incredible angelic voices, just so beautiful. And the fact that she uses it to build the kingdom, I absolutely love it. Thank you so much, Allie. Uh, This week in my Latter-day life, I was actually reminded of something that happened uh, many years ago. I was reminded of it by Allie when she was talking about becoming a young women's president very early on in her ward. And uh, this happened, my wife and I had been married less than a year, and we had moved to Utah. We lived a few months in California, and we moved to Utah, and we ended up getting uh, an apartment in Provo. And we went to our ward on our first Sunday, and of course, you know, walking into a new ward, it's exciting, but it's a little overwhelming too. But our elders quorum president was just wonderful, and he came in and introduced himself, and we stood and talked for quite a while, and I remember being so impressed with him, and his name is Rhett, and he was just a great Elders Quorum president, great guy, and then I met the rest of the elders in Elders Quorum, and uh, of course, you're trying to remember people's names, and I could only remember three people uh, from our Elders Quorum outside of Rhett. And that's because two of them lived across the street from me. They actually lived in an apartment upstairs from a mortuary, which I found fascinating. And that was Jordan and Toby. I remembered their names. And then there was another guy, and his name was Chell. And I had never heard the name Chell before, but I thought it was such a cool name. And they were the only people I remembered. And then later on uh, that week, uh, our Elders Quorum president, Rhett, He stopped by and he said, hey, I just want you to know I have a really, really good feeling about you. Uh, And my second counselor in my elders quorum presidency, um, he's moving and I need a new second counselor and I'm submitting your name. And I said, well, all right, I'm happy to serve however I can. And then he said, and actually, my first counselor, we know he's going to be moving soon. So you'll likely just be called to be the first counselor. And I said, again, happy to serve in any way that, uh, you know, they see fit. And and he took off. And I thought, well, this will be exciting. At least I'll get to know the ward. And then the next day, Rhett stopped by again, stopped by, and he said, Sean, you're not going to believe this, but uh, just yesterday, a guy stopped by our house, knocked on our door, and said that uh, he'd like to buy our house. And it's going to be a quick sale. We negotiated it on the spot. He offered us cash. And we're moving out really fast. And I called the uh, bishop and, uh, you know, basically told him we're moving out right away. And we talked about elders quorum. And uh, I have submitted your name to be the new elders quorum president in our ward. (laughs) And I went, wait a minute. I have been there once, one time. And so sure enough, right away, because Rhett was literally moving out, I mean, over the next couple of days, I get a call and I'm called in and called to be elders quorum president for this ward. I had been to one time. And when I got called to be the elders quorum president, they asked me, okay, you need two counselors and you need a secretary. Well, Again, I only remember two names. I remembered Jordan and Toby. So I said, okay, Jordan and Toby, give me my counselors. And they said, what about a secretary? And I remembered that cool name, Chell. (laughs) 
I knew nothing about these men, but uh, called them to be my counselors and to be my secretary. And I showed up that next Sunday just terrified. Again, it was my second Sunday. I had never been in an elders quorum presidency. And away we went, trying to figure things out in a ward that was very transient. Uh, people moved in and out. There's a lot of young married families and then older older couples and older families that have been there a long time. And trying to figure things out. And we didn't have great computer systems then. But I will tell you, it was absolutely no accident whatsoever that uh, Jordan and Toby and Chell were in the presidency with me. These were the right, right men to serve with me and the blessings that Heavenly Father gave me. And we had the most amazing bishop, such an incredible man. Some of you um, in Provo will drive by and see Stephen Hales Creative is still there. Stephen Hales, who founded uh, Stephen Hales Creative, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago, one of the greatest, smartest men I knew. He was our bishop, and I just loved working with that ward. And when we ended up buying a house and moved out of that ward, I was very sad. I got to serve for a while as Elders Quorum president. It was overwhelming at the beginning, but these things, while surprising to us, are not a surprise to the Lord. The Lord is so inspired. He knows what we need, but more importantly, He knows our potential. He knows what we can do. I loved serving as the Elders Quorum president in that ward. I met so many wonderful people. I found so many opportunities to serve. I learned about leadership, and I'm so grateful for those men I got to serve with. And uh, Toby, Jordan, and Chell were just amazing in introducing me to everybody, and we did tremendous work together. So grateful that the Lord sees in us sometimes what we don't see in ourselves, and that He has a plan for each of us. And that's what's happening this week in my Latter-day life. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. We really appreciate it. If you think about it and could leave us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts, it really means the world to us. Or if you know someone who might enjoy it, or if you enjoyed a specific episode and could share it on social media, we would just greatly appreciate it. The Latter-day Lives podcast was produced by Gene Chittister, social media by Skylar Fleming. I've been your host, Sean Rapier, and I think that's all we got for you this week. So until we meet again, there's a great, big, beautiful world out there. Go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>